Early in Jesus' Galilean ministry, he calls his disciples and he chooses 12 of them to be his apostles. That is to say, not just followers and disciples who believe in him, but teachers with him to proclaim the gospel alongside of him as he taught them by example to trust him and to trust in him. Of course, I love it. The fact that he taught them first on the water, on the Sea of Galilee. Let's listen to Dana read the scripture this morning. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And then they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Dean, very much. Pray with me, would you please? Dear God, may some word that I say today be heard as your word, because we've come to hear your word, that we might carry the faith. In your name and for your sake alone. Amen. In 1986, two brothers made the discovery of a lifetime along the northwestern shore of the Sea of Galilee after a series of dry winters causing the waters to to recede mightily. The hull of an ancient boat from the first century was discovered. It was one of the most significant archaeological finds in decades because of its association with the time of Jesus. The ancient Galilean boat pictured on the screen this morning was nicknamed by some the Jesus boat. The boat likely began its life as a fishing vessel around the time of Jesus' earthly ministry. And while there is absolutely no evidence connecting the boat to Jesus or his disciples, it is certainly possible that Jesus may have seen that boat sail on the Sea of Galilee or even used it himself. Regardless of its history, the Jesus boat is a powerful visual reminder for us of many gospel accounts, including this one this morning from St. Mark. 
If you're in a boat this size and a huge storm came up, you might just get scared. Violent storms were known to come over the hills of Jordan, sweep down on the Sea of Galilee in a a moment's notice and cause horrific storms. It happened over and over again. We all get scared. It's human. It's normal. It's, It's to be expected. Over and over again, Jesus tells his hearers, don't be afraid. Fear not. And yet I learned as a young kid from my mother that the fear of the Lord was the beginning of wisdom. In her eyes, it began with her words to me to pay attention. So I believe that to fear the Lord means to be in awe of God. So that we can recognize the holy in our midst that gives you and I courage to do what we need to do and what would not be possible for us to do on our own. The novelist Doris Betts says that faith is not synonymous with certainty. Not at all. Faith is the decision to keep your eyes open. As little kids, when we're scared... We're no, we were known to shut our eyes. You still see little kids do that all the time. If you cover your eyes, hide under the covers, it just might go away. Who knows? It's childlike thinking, but some of us still close our eyes. Faith is decision to keep your eyes open. Faith is something that we see in others, and Jesus didn't talk about this very much, except as he saw it in others, like the woman who touched his cloak. And he said to her, your faith has saved you. It reads in most texts that we're familiar with, your faith has made you well. But in Greek, it reads, your faith has saved you. I'm in ministry today simply because somebody I trusted, like my own dad, had faith in me and planted the seed in me to think and perhaps believe that it just might be true. Ed Tannis was my scoutmaster. He had me do Sunday messages on campouts, he had me pray at meals had me pray before we got on the old 1947 Ford bus that broke down with regularity. (laughs) And after we got home safely, usually late, Ed didn't go to church. I was one of the only boys in the troop that did. He'd say, we moth, pray. (laughs) I was just a little kid, and I'd go, yes, sir. And it took hold in me. I came to expect to pray. That it was a part of 
my life and what we do. I was fortunate over the course of my life. I've been very fortunate to have many people who have trusted me, including Rick coming here, who've encouraged me, who've supported me, placed faith and trust in me. I know he's watching, but he doesn't know what I'm going to say this morning. Wesley said, preach it until you believe it. St. Benedict said, live it until it becomes real, until it lives in you. I've tried to live with those two statements most of my life as a pastor. Learning those statements early on. And that's what I really have tried to do my entire journey of faith as a pastor. I've taken seriously the words of Jesus. All things are possible. All things are possible for those who believe. I've always loved the fact that the angels, no matter which one you can think of, they all had one common message. Fear not. Fear not. The Lord is with you. So here we are in a fishing boat story with Jesus and his disciples. There are huge waves swamping the boat in this terrible windstorm. Jesus is sleeping like a baby in the back of the boat. The disciples become absolutely panicked. They believe they're going to perish. And so what do they do? They wake the master up and they accuse him of not caring about their safety. Now, I don't know about you, but I just think I would have thought twice about that. Say, somehow I think we'll be okay. But if things get bad enough... Maybe we would have. I probably think we would have. And Jesus is, I love this part of the story. Jesus doesn't fuss with them at all. He doesn't fuss with them all. He just calms the storm so that the storm in them can be calmed. He was a calming presence for them. And that's who Jesus is for us, a calming presence. And he says, so boys, why are you all so afraid? They were all fishermen, for crying out loud. This wasn't their first rodeo on the sea. They'd been in just that one lake, Galilee. It's not that big. The waves get terrible. I've seen it. Several times. But Jesus had called them to follow him. He said to them, if you follow me, I'll make your fishes of men. I'll make sure of it. They heard him say, let anyone who has ears to hear, listen. Pay attention to what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying to you. 
the measure that you give will be the measure that you get. And yet the disciples doubted Jesus many times, as we know. We doubt Jesus too. If we're honest with ourselves, we do. Heard a story, heard, heard a, you probably don't listen to this station, but it's okay. I heard this song this morning. It said, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. They said to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. He was saying to them, where I am, you are. And you can't be anywhere where I am not. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I am the light. Kathleen Norris says that righteousness is a willingness to care for the most vulnerable people. And the disciples at that moment in time in that boat were most vulnerable. And Jesus cared for them. What a great example for you and me. Deal with those in need that are around us. The people, as they say, that God puts in our path. John Newton, the slave captain, was awakened to what he was doing by reading one of Wesley's sermons. And so he, in the middle of doing what he did best, he turned his life around, he turned his ship around, he set his cargo free back in Africa before returning to his home port. And then he wrote, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Kathleen Norris says, Newton grasped the beauty of righteousness. He spoke the simple truth and he himself became righteous. At its root in Hebrew, righteousness means one whose aim is true. It's a reminder to us, I do believe, to live it until it lives in us. Preach it until we believe it. Keep company with those that we trust so that our aim can be true. Jesus trusted the disciples or he would never have called them to follow him. And sometimes, I think just sometimes, we worry way, way too much about our trust in God rather than 
relying on the trust that God has in us to do his work. Jesus was fast asleep in that boat. Terrible as the storm was. And the disciples were anything but at rest. It was the lesson of their life. St. Augustine reminds us we are restless until we find our rest in thee. Life is a storm. Jesus doesn't promise us a life without storms, but a calm in the storm because of his presence with us and his trust in us. And our challenge, I believe, is to grow in our calling rather than believe that we can live alone within our limits. We as a church are called to serve those in need. And so we have expanded our facilities in wonderful ways for the ministries that are yet to come. It's our calling. It's our challenge. And we're all in this boat together with Jesus. Think of all of us in a boat with Jesus. Jesus holding the tiller firm, guiding us on our way. Think of this central place in the church called the nave, right here. This area here, it's called the nave. It's from the Latin word navis, meaning the ship, the place of the way, the truth, and the light. No mistake that the cross is at the center of it all the place of calm in the midst of the storms of life, a place where we come to hear Jesus say to us, fear not, fear not, I will pilot you. Amen.